Fred DeWitt is a Master of Fine Arts student and the first artist in residence in the Department of Art Practice at UC Berkeley. Whether he is sculpting a gigantic shoe from clay, George Floyd's shoe, he says, a heavy shoe that nobody wants to wear, or whether he is growing cotton plants in the department's new platform art space, DeWitt wants his art to get inside of people's minds and hearts and to encourage them to recognize the humanity in everyone. This is Fiat Fox, a Berkeley News podcast. I'm Ann Bryce. I grew up right around here in Berkeley. I'm from B-Town, Berkeley High, Yellow Jackets. I ran track at Berkeley High School, and we were run up the street, up to UC Berkeley, and, you know, go up to the fire trails every day. I ran the 400 meters. Yeah, I ran that, and I ran the relays. And my father was actually, a, you know, he was like a state champion. And he won the state meet uh, in Edwards Stadium down there, you know, in Berkeley. So, and then, you know, Berkeley always represented a, a special place for me, you know. I mean, I mean, talking about UC Berkeley, you know, always was a very special place for me, right? I, you know, I, I was a child in the 60s. I grew up mostly in the 70s. But in those days, you know, people chose to be there, not only because of economics, but because of freedom. They wanted to come to California and have a new experience in life. And, you know, come California has always kind of represented free spirit. People were coming from other parts of the country and other, other places in the world to be themselves. Where they couldn't do that in the Midwest or East, they were felt constrained. They could come here to San Francisco, to Berkeley, to Oakland, and discover new things, right? And find out who they were. But I grew up in that free spirit. I grew up in that, you know, you talk about this is the home of the Black Panthers. I grew up with that, with that in me, that was around me, that was in the community. Let's get into the inner workings and the meaning of this. Let's get into the inner workings and the meaning of a black revolution and why black people have a right to take what's theirs. You can read the platform and the program, and it's a basic program, and it simply says exactly what black people have been crying for for 400 years. One, we want freedom. We want power to determine the destiny of our own black communities. They were cool, right? That's what I thought. I thought they were cool. They had black leather jackets and berets, right? And they were young black people with their fists in the air talking about liberation and talking about injustice, right? And they seemed to have this certain sense of pride about themselves, and they talked about community, and they... You know, they had the free breakfast program, and they had their own schools, and they, and they had some. Cool, they had cool leather jackets. And one day, I seen Obama coming in from into the Santa Monica airport, and forget about the politics. That was cool, <laughs> you know. And I had to look at myself in the mirror, and I said, "Hey, Fred." What can you do? I never thought a black man could be president in my lifetime. And I had to go home and I had to say, what can you do to help your country and your community? How can you step up? I'm a person with a disability. I can't use that as an excuse. I'm old and black. I can't use that as an excuse. 
I said, I can go back to school. Right? I can learn to paint and draw and do all those things that I wanted to do. I can step up and help my community as a teacher. When I started that journey to go back to school, I was like, hey, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm gonna, if I'm going to be talented enough. I'll be smart enough. Everybody's going to be smart enough. Everybody's going to be talented me. They're, they're all going to be healthier than I am, right? But I was like, hey, I'm just going to work hard. But then, you know, when Obama's office, Trayvon Martin got killed, right? And my girlfriend at the time, she, you know, she had a disabled son. He, he had autism, right? And we were terrified that, I tell people, we were terrified that, you know, he didn't know how to raise your hands. If you said, stop, don't do that, he really wouldn't know what was going on, Right? And so I really start painting things from my childhood and painting things that really resonated with my own life, you know? And I start talking about the violence against the black body. Blues artists, you know, they sing it out. They play it out. Why try to paint it out? first MFA show here in Berkeley that really means a lot to me, right? You cannot, he's camouflaged in the painting. I'm talking about that violence, but I have to camouflage it some kind of way with flowers and other things, other objects are in there. At the base of the painting, I put some Skittles because Trayvon Martin went to the store and got was getting Skittles and iced tea. And that this represented kids eat that, <laughs> you know, this kind of youth. But also represented that whole history of sugar production and slavery. Why can't young black boys be boys, <laughs> you know? Why do they have to be treated as men or seen as men when they're children? When I got to, to Berkeley, they said, do everything but paint. <laughs> they said, you know how to paint. Now what are you going to do? So I started off growing cotton plants, but now I've shifted and I grow some other kind of plants, some some plants that mark the resistance of black people that have been in this country. As Africans, we've been here and since for 400 years. So I'm growing some corn and tomatoes and sweet potatoes and black-eyed peas and okra to mark that resistance. And it's kind of evolution. And <laughs> I made some sugar bowls that kind of talked about that sugar the whole sugar production and the slave trade. And I started making, I made a a fountain, a slave chip fountain, (laughs) you know. And I made a gigantic shoe, the George Floyd shoe. That's a gigantic shoe that you don't want to wear. 
right? Nobody wants to be the modern. Nobody wants to put those shoes on of those people, right? So I mean, a gigantic, heavy shoe that no one would want to wear. When I was a kid, I believed there was going to be a revolution, even though I didn't know what a revolution was. But I thought things were going to change. But we see that things, hmm, they shifted. I'm not sure they changed. It's so late to be angry. want is freedom. All we want is not to be brutalized. No one hates the police. That's not it. We hate the brutalization. The oppression is what we hate. Right? That's what the people are in there marching for. Recognize that we all are human beings. We all deserve respect and dignity. Soldiers, man, let's stop hurting each other and let's get it right, man. Today is the day we're gonna stand up for our community, man. If we could do this, we could do more. We just gotta continue on pushing and don't give up. My one of my most recent paintings is a Breonna Taylor, right? And it's kind of Breonna Taylor. Lovers in a bedroom and protests. And so these paintings, you know, and these people never wanted to be there. They never wanted to be in my painting. They're there, but they're not there. I try not to, you know, paint them. They're not exactly figurative paintings, right? They're more abstract in nature, right? So all these paintings, they mean a whole lot to me in general, right? Uh, but also they, they mean a lot to the world, I think. They mean those faces you see up on all the billboards, right? Those names you hear repeated. They are marking our time here. They're marking this spot. Now, what will come after this? I don't know. But I hope that we have some resemblance of freedom in the future. That we don't have to keep over and over and over and over and over again talking about Trayvon Martin and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Maybe get to a place where that will be past history. The things I'm painting will be history. Right? They won't be this contemporary stuff that's happening right now. They won't be news. You know, the stuff I'm working on now is is is, is really meaningful to me. Um, the stuff I'm working on for the MFA show, I'm trying to create these ceramic plates uh, that are kind of memorials to to black lives that have been lost and so I you know I started doing my own research I started doing research in my uh, genealogy research and I saw the way they used to mark uh, African graves right? they would just break a plate 
to mark that as a grave site. And the plates are actually seed bombs. So when they break and they decompose, things will grow. From the destruction, life will come. But also they will free some of these spirits up. You know, the breaking of those those plates and stuff will free. Free Brianna to fly. Free George to move on. Let Trayvon Martin rest. And still, we have something growing. You know, and these families that have been forced in these situations, they didn't want to be noted this way. They didn't want me making paintings about their death and about their life, right? And so I, I'm always torn. Because they have a profound effect on me. They have a profound effect on the world. We need to talk about these things. The art is part of the culture, right? And so those things have to be there to illuminate what's happening in society. And I think that art used as a tool to heal and promote social inequality uh, is important. And it can be beautiful. You know, these stories can be beautiful. They They can make you feel good inside too. They can question society question institutions, question how we're, we're structured, these structures, but they can also be beautiful. And you can enjoy them. And you can surround yourself with them. And you can be healed. So I think art does have a role to play. And artists have a role to play. Like I say, you have, look, when I say the way to do it is to look inside, right? And we get artists looking inside at themselves, looking at themselves and reaching out to other artists and reaching out to society. The world would be a better place. This is Fiat Fox, a Berkeley News podcast. I'm Ann Bryce. You can subscribe to Fiat Fox, spelled F-I-A-T-V-O-X, wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more episodes, visit our podcast page on Berkeley News at news.berkeley.edu slash podcasts.